Hello, Rebels. Welcome to the Her Alchemy Podcast. I'm your new podcast bestie and your host, Megan Claire Hatfield, transformational coach, business mentor to wild-hearted entrepreneurs with giant dreams and unrealistic desires, soul-led coaches and creatives growing six-figure and beyond businesses, somatic and energetic alchemist for leaders, author of my book, Strange and Unusual Creatures, and head creatrix of Her Alchemy. Welcome home. Her Alchemy is a rebel feminine lifestyle and leadership brand for powerful, rebellious women, soulpreneurs, artists, black sheep, and wild hearts here for the extraordinary in life, in love, and in business. I work with magical, driven feminine rebels across the world who want it all. The soul-led business, the soul-deep love, and the soul-on-fire life. Her alchemy is for the phoenixes who have risen from the ashes again and again, for the defiant and the devotional women with unrealistic desires in business and in love, women rich with substance and soul, depth and drive. Her alchemy is for the woman who knows that she was born to lead not only an epic business, but a movement that is paradigm shifting and rooted in her story, her wisdom and her gifts. Her alchemy is for ambitious, heart-led freaks like you and me who are just doing our thing. We are creating our own path, our own success. If you are a Her Alchemy woman, which I suspect that you are, you are here for an extraordinary life that is a living, breathing work of art, a life where nothing is impossible, and a business that is a fucking masterpiece. You are not here to follow anyone else's rules but your own because you are a true leader a rebel, a goddess, a phoenix, an alchemist. You are a woman born for greatness. That's the kind of woman that I work with, a heroine, a legend in the making. You are her alchemy. So welcome home and let the magic begin. Hang out with me each week on here while I pour my heart out and have juicy conversations with you that will leave you inspired and activated for weeks. Subscribe to this podcast for weekly episodes on feminine alchemy, rebellious, artful entrepreneurship, and soul and business, love, sex, money, liberation, healing, and God. All right, let's get started. So today I had the best conversation with one of my amazing mentors, Kiara Mazuko. I'm so excited for y'all to listen to this episode. Kiara Mazuko is not only my mentor, but she is the founder and CEO of Bold Self, a seven-figure empowerment and lifestyle brand for female entrepreneurs and home to the wealthy, sovereign, self-expressed thought leaders of the shifting online space. She is also a motivational speaker, a free-spirited content creator, and a high-level mentor to multi-six and seven-figure entrepreneurs. Her mission is to help women set themselves free and design the life of their fucking dreams. Um, And you guys are going to love this conversation that I had with her today. We talk about everything from marketing channels to choosing soul over mind every fucking day and aliveness and money and truth and what makes us what makes this whole entrepreneurial thing fucking worth it um a hundred times over again all right enjoy how are you feeling today 
first question. <laughs> first question, first comment. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on this wonderful space. And I'm, I feel like this is about to be a really incredible conversation. Yeah, yeah, same. And um, <laughs> just so everyone knows, we just got off the most epic <laughs> coaching call um, where for the first 10 minutes, I was like reading questions off of my little notepad. And I was like, wait, like, how do I how do I launch this and when should I do this and like how what do you know about low ticket memberships and all these fucking questions that my mind was telling me to ask that you know I could easily ask in a telegram container with her or just fucking google um <laughs> and the vibe was just off and I knew that Kiara felt it and she was just like a little bit quiet and I was like oh fuck I can drop in deeper and that's what you always do you always call me in deeper and mm-hmm. it ended up being the most amazing conversation and i think it's going to change my whole fucking life and business so thank you for that Kiara. and now we have it in recording here so we get to revisit this episode and remember and say remember the call that we had and oh that's so good yeah oh good oh my goodness so i would love my um my audience to learn more about you and my specific first question is tell me about the birth of bold self how did you become bold self Mm, that's a better question because the birth of bold self could be interpreted in many ways it's like it's the day that I found out the name that I was going to use for my brand which was honestly there was no magic to it I literally read somewhere that if I had a url that was eight characters or less it would be easier for people to remember so I just chose bold self without it even being anything and and that that was the thing but um, Bold Self, much like many of us um, and our stories, was birthed when I was much younger, when I was a teenager, and um, went through some really challenging experiences in my life. I was um, sexually abused and emotionally abused and really, really challenging um, adolescent experiences and relationships that ultimately had me walking around in what felt like a shell of myself because, you know, as you're a teenager, your identity is developing and you're becoming. And I felt like everything that was a part of me was taken away in that toxicity, which often happens in toxic relationships. Um, there was a really challenging time. And then from there, one random day, I, you know, and I always say like, I don't, I, I wish there was like a magical leprechaun that jumped out and was like, today's the day, but it really wasn't like that. It was just a really nice Saturday morning. I grabbed a pen and paper and I started crafting this new version of myself from the ground up. And it started very, very um, superficial because I was 16, 17 years old. So she looks cool. She wears a leather jacket and smokes cigarettes and listens to rock and roll and all the things. And then eventually I started kind of making my way deeper, deeper, deeper into she's strong. She's powerful. She's witty. She can hold a conversation. Um, and then from there, I kind of, I, I, I created my, my roadmap to making it happen. This is the, the things that I certify. This is the process I certify my clients in. Um, and I just, that's it. That's where it kind of started to cough, to take off. So it was a younger baby version of bold self. You know, she, there was still a lot of teenage angst, but, um, that's really where I think I got the first taste of what it meant to choose myself over and over and over again. 
um, and to rise above, you know, the external, external relationships, challenges, all of the things. And I think from there it just blossomed and every brand, I had a magazine before this as well. Like every brand has been some sort of an expression of that power, but bold self is where it's all really landed. Beautiful. Yeah. You are mm-hmm. such a beautiful example of the kind of woman who alchemizes everything that she's been through into a fucking revolution that impacts thousands, millions, I'm sure if it hasn't yet been millions, it will be. But um, you are just yeah, an incredible example of a true phoenix who rose from the ashes of her old life and created something fucking extraordinary and rebirthed herself a million and one times. I mean, <laughs> I think I've seen like five different versions of you and we've only been working together for, I don't know, like nine months. I don't know. But yeah, your your um your rebirth energy is is powerful. I see so much of myself in you, and I know that I'm not alone in that. Um, the way that you built your brand and built your business, and the way that you lead yourself in the world, allows so many other women to be like, yes, her. I see myself in her. And if she can do it, I know that it's possible for me too. And that's actually something incredibly unique in terms of like the the, the recognition because mm. sometimes with incredibly successful leaders, there's like this lack of um, connection. Like it feels out of reach almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how do you create a, in your opinion, in your expert opinion, how did you create a brand and, and how did you create this style of leadership where people so deeply see themselves in you and connect with you? And like, fuck yes, I'm part of Bold Self. Yeah, that's a really good question because I feel like this is really what people are asking when they're asking about marketing and like growth, right? It's really, this is really the question. And I think, you know, as mentors and healers and coaches and personal brands, we're in a unique position where we are part of the package. We are part, you know, we are the essential embodiment of the work that we do, which isn't necessarily the same for someone who's selling toasters. So it's, there's good and bad to that. There's positive and negative elements to it. Positively, you know, getting to share so much of our life with our work. And then, you know, on a lesser positive note, um, being invited to share elements of ourselves that we might not necessarily feel comfortable sharing, that don't feel safe, that, you know, you fear will be judged or, um, you know, you'll be rejected for or whatever. And I think one of the decisions that I made early on, and I think I did it in a not an intentional way, nor was it necessarily a, like a superficial way. But what I realized was that I was to do this work for a very long time. And if I had set the standard for myself to not let the world see me or to hide in shame, that wasn't something that I'd be able to do for a very long time to maintain some sort of face fake facade and not let the world truly see me. And so I decided that in order for me to be successful, um, I would require humanness to be a part of the experience. It was going to have to happen because I would never put myself in a pressure cooker, you know, to that degree. 
And then in that commitment and that decision, I had to overcome that, those fears. And I think in overcoming those fears and being willing to let the world see me for the very human experience and the messiness and the pain that leads to the glory and the mistakes and the shame that lead to the triumph and all of the things has allowed people to see more of themselves in me than they see in others who might be more reluctant to show those parts of their life and their person, you know, their, their personal journeys rather. And I think that's why people really truly see and feel when they connect to my stories and my, my, you know, experiences. And, and you've witnessed it even as a, as a high ticket, closer proximity client, you know, you've seen me cry. So mm-hmm. there's a level of like humanness where I had to kind of give myself permission to show up for because otherwise, who would I be to call myself old self? <laughs> so fucking good. I have chills all over my body right now. Yeah, seeing you lead before I worked with you gave me the permission to lead in the only way that I know how on a mm-hmm. higher level. Like You showed me that that kind of leadership is not only possible, but like you can be really successful being like fucking real and authentic and being an artist entrepreneur all at the same time and being rebellious and you showed me that it was possible and then when I started working with you I'm in I'm in um, PR's mastermind such an amazing group of women but seeing you seeing you lead so powerfully and so deeply no matter what with your heart wide the fuck open all the time Like there is not a point in your leadership where your heart is closed. And I'm wondering, (laughs) was this a learned, this authentic transformational feminine leadership? Was this something that you learned? Was it something that you were initiated into? Was it modeled to you by anyone else? Or were you just like, fuck it, I'm going to be, I'm going to go first and, and lead this way? It's so interesting because I I think based on, and we've had this conversation, being lone wolves and the black sheep and the outsider, I think generally I've had a history of needing to do things on my own. Um, and then, you know, I went through um, a divorce very early on. I was very young and I was a single mom for a long time and I was put in to the harshest of survival of me only leaning in and trusting myself and being able to, you know, lean on myself basically. Um, and then when I started bold self, there was this, I I definitely entered it in the masculine. My very first mentor was a sales and business, a high ticket coaching mentor and which I'm so grateful for. And I learned the most incredible things from, um, however it was, incredibly masculine. It was also at a different time in the industry. It was 2017 at the time. And even though it doesn't seem that far away, 2017 was, you know, six, seven years ago. And, um, at that time, bro marketing was the way and that feminine leadership was not the way it was not being modeled. Um, and so my journey to leading integrated and balanced and in my power and yet with my heart open and finding power in my feminine leadership 
was a combination of choice, intention, um, and initiation because, you know, I, I started to care deeply about the work that I was doing and aligning deeply my, aligning my heart deeply with my clients and my purpose and everything got softer once I started, cause I started making money really quickly. So the survival you know, kind of got diluted a little bit and I got to kind of feel and have create that spaciousness. Um, and that's another reason why I, I, I never, I don't make it a thing if I need to take some space to reset and realign because I know it's always in service. And I did this in 2020. That's when, you know, I woke up in the beginning of 2020 and was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like this isn't, I, I can't keep doing it like this. There's got to be a different way. 2020 and 2021 were all devoted to my feminine energy, all devoted, well, even a little bit of 2019, but in terms of my business. Um, and I, I just led and I just kept, I get got, you know, I, I felt like I kept being put through the grinder over and over. And it was a constant decision to choose to keep my heart open when every part of me wanted to rubber band back and close off. But what I found was that, on the other side of that vulnerability and open heart leadership and finding power in it, it was actually felt a lot safer and ended up being a lot safer because I didn't feel like I had to keep my protective walls up all the time. And so it just, there was, there was an element of safety that I was able to find. Um, and that really is grounded in my own personal power and, 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 trust in my own leadership and knowing that I do the best that I can and also the permission to be imperfect and also the permission or uh, rather the priority to always act in love and respect for others. Like I have these principles that guide me and I feel like that's what keeps me safe with an open heart leadership. Mm, so good. So, so, so rich, beautiful. I, um, I've seen you model that, um, every day and it's just, it's, You've really seen it. You've seen it. <laughs> it's more than, more than inspiring. Like literally mm. it, it shows me you're able to keep your heart wide open while remaining very, very strong as a leader. You're able to show um, your clients and your audience what's really going on in your life and what, what process you're currently moving through while still, again, like holding, holding yourself as, as this, because I've just never seen it done before in the way that you I, do it. I think for there's two things. Number one, I think there's a reason why you resonate with this specifically. But I think the reason that I'm able to do that is because my work in the world is to meet women in depth. And yeah. meeting women in that level of depth requires that open heart. So there are going to be, there's nothing wrong with being the leader that says, I lead you and there's that separation. But it, that person is going to call in very specific clients. They're going to call in the people that just want to be led. They don't necessarily need to or desire to be met in the depth. But even the work that you do and what you're doing with her alchemy, it's like you really, like in order for you to um, step into what's possible for your vision, you not, you not only need to be met at that depth, but you need to be challenged in a loving, trusting way so that you can expand and go bigger. And that's... And I don't think that would be possible if I showed up to our container, our agreement with a facade, a wall, some sort of perfectionism or some sort of barrier, because then you wouldn't get to feel me in the process and it would be a disservice to you. 
Yeah. Yeah. One million percent. Thank you. <laughs> that you told me that blew my fucking mind. And I just like, I literally, I, I went, it was a coaching call and I like replayed it to my husband and I was like, you have to listen to this. And Charlie like had a whole breakthrough. He was like, whoa. And what you told me when I asked you, and I want my audience to hear this, what was the energetic difference in your business between like, oh, I'm building my business and, you know, this is good. This is kind of about just making it work and, and, um, you know, getting to those 10K months and taking care of myself versus, your first million dollars when you started mm. making 100k months when you started going way 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 bigger and even beyond like the number what was the energetic difference in just the way that you live your life from going you know playing at the level of like okay i'm just i'm getting my need i'm 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 doing this thing and it's it's working versus oh, this is fucking bigger than me. It's actually extraordinary. What was the, the shift that happened? I hope it's the same answer that I gave you so long ago. Um, well, it can, it could be different. I'm like, I don't know. No, but I do. There was a shift, and this might be what I referenced. Um, there was a shift into what felt like free falling into my purpose as opposed to feeling like I was like climbing and doing and needing. There was this like surrender and trust that like, there was an inevitability. Was that what something similar to that? Yeah. The free fall. The free fall. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a free fall because I think, you know, and I don't think there's anything, um, I think it's, it's normal and natural and predictable even, you know, when you're starting something and you're really, you're proving it to yourself, you're proving it to all the sacrifices that you might've made you're scrappy. It's a beautiful time in someone's career because you're really just trying to, you're trying to make it happen. You're facing all of your monsters. Can I do it? Am I good enough? You know? Um, and I think it's good because those are trials and tribulations and challenges that, you know, we get to overcome if we want to lead big movements, you know, we, we can't lead big movements without overcoming those things, but they're, and, and, you know, the financial, like whatever the monthly revenue was, you know, was a frequency match to that. Right. And so eventually at some point, you know, once you're, all your needs are met and you're making all the money and you can travel the first class and have a fat ass savings account and invest in the mentor that you want and all your dreams feel like they've come true. And you're like, there's also this kind of match of expansion that's happening in your vision. And you're just like, like you're on that momentum, all of a sudden there's just this thing that just pulls you forward. So that thing that pulls me, that free fall, that trust, that surrender, that kind of just like, like I let myself go fully into this. Um, I do it with so much certainty and conviction. It's like this, like jumping into the unknown with conviction and certainty. It's like very weird. But it is that because I know if there's a level of trust around what's on the other side of that, that I think you earn when you really stick it out the hard parts at the beginning of your business. Yep. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I've, I've always had that quality and I, I saw it in you and that's part of the reason why I was like, oh, I have to learn from her. Um, but what I say is like, it's taking the leap and trusting no matter what, like you don't have any doubt that wings will grow on your fall in your fall. Like wing, the wings will come after you fucking jump. Yep. And it's just this like, I like 
sometimes they say blind faith and they're like, well, it's not blind. You have tons of proof. And I'm like, no, no, no. But for the women who are really going after the extraordinary, like doing something that they've actually never seen before in the unique way that they want to do it, it literally is blind faith. And that's yeah. part of what makes it so fucking electric and so yep. soul. Yeah. And it is. I mean, if you look at it, even in the most old school entrepreneurial textbooks, like jump and the net will appear. I think, you know, risk aversion, which is really what we're talking about, is going to be different for every person. And and there really are truly people that are not cut out to be entrepreneurs because entrepreneurship is, and you hear me, it's, yeah, I'm always saying it's like, it's the most confronting path anyone could ever take because we literally wake up we spend all day fighting our limiting beliefs. We're on emotional roller coasters. There's wins, there's losses, there's challenges, there's fires. I mean, it's not always like that. It gets to be fluid and work and all the things, but you know, those are part of the thing. We choose this by like, we voluntarily take a step into this and not everyone's like that. And so I think that, you know, whether it's a net that appears or the wings that appear. It's a like that resiliency. I always talk about knowing you're going to get back up before you even fall down is the key to being a successful entrepreneur because I, I, whether or not I'm going to fall down, I know I'm going to get back up. So I could fall down seven times and still know that I'm going to get back up because I trust that continue. I just trust the process of it because I know that the only way to fail is if I quit. So it's really repeating that over. And the more we repeat that, the stronger the muscle gets. hundred percent. Yep. When I was um, on your retreat and we did that, like there was like an ocean moment, <laughs> but there was like an ocean rebirth moment. And I, I think I got out and I was like, I was wearing this like little G string and like a little bra and like, I was like almost skinny up, but not really. Um, and I was like, entrepreneurship is a wet thong and I choose it every day. And you're like, oh my God, bumper sticker. And it's just like, it's true though. It, it, it's wild, but there's nothing else that I would rather yeah. do with my life. Like no. this is it, yeah. you know? That's why I always say like, what are you going to do? Quit? Like when things get hard, it's so yes. funny because <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah. Like, what are you going to go back to, Yeah, go back to a nine to five? I mean, I say that all the time and you know, this, this is actually a really powerful strategy to use when you do feel uncertain about something, because if you feel uncertain, let's say you're launching a product and you're not sure and no one's buying and all the things and you're like questioning everything and you're just, you, you're just feeling so disconnected and you know, all the things it's like, okay, if you can't lean on that, then what can you lean on? Well, what I can lean on is that I'm not giving up, that I'm not going to go back to a nine to five, that I'm not going to, it's like, that is what I know. And so sometimes in moments like that, as an entrepreneur, it's about what stability can you find, even if it's just the polar opposite experience of what you're experiencing now. So if you're experiencing uncertainty because no one's buying, can you find the certainty elsewhere? And that certainty might be like, well, they might not be buying, but I'm sure as fuck not going back to a nine to five. Yes. Right? Yes. And that's how we access parts of our personal power that might not necessarily be present when you're checking your DMs and people aren't aren't responding. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Beautiful. So some this is a real of course I, I had an entire fucking list of questions. I'm not asking you one of them. And it's all from Soul. All the questions I'm asking are the same thing as in our mentorship session. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, power of mind versus soul. Because if I asked you all of the mind questions, this podcast would be boring as fuck. I thought there were exciting questions, but these are better. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. So knowing that the coaching industry has changed mm-hmm. since you really gained a lot of success and a lot of momentum and a lot of, um, I don't say like is notoriety the right word? Like, like you became like a, a brand that people know and mm-hmm. it's just bold PR from bold self in the years that Instagram, the Instagram coaching world was just popping the fuck off. And it was just like, I don't want to say a gold mine, but it was, it was, it was like the, the golden era of, of, you know, having your coaching business and having it primarily be on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, however, something that I really admire about you is that you weren't successful because you were just good at being like an Instagram influencer. You were successful because of the qualities that you hold mm-hmm. and you're already expand. You've already in so many ways expanded beyond Instagram. And I've seen you like, like edit your business model and pivot and grow and expand in like brand new ways that have nothing to do with, you know, a six week, a typical Instagram launch cycle or whatever, like the way that you lead is always innovative, depending on where you're at and depending on how the market is changing. So for people who are listening to this, and they want to be, um, coaches, creatives, super successful, doing their own thing. What qualities would you call forth in them to be successful in this like next wave? So I think for me, the success on social media platforms comes by way of in what way am I expressing those qualities of me, right? The, the qualities, the core values, the things that really represent my brand, my message, my work, you know, in the world, my stories, my experience. You know, I started coaching actually on Facebook. So my, my brand, I mean, I made hundreds of thousands of dollars just on my private Facebook wall, you know, for a very long time. And that was a period of my creative expression that I really enjoyed long form content. I really enjoyed write, like I wrote all the time because I just closed down my magazine. So I literally, I loved writing. Um, and then when I went into Instagram, which happened to coincide with the ca- the coach bubble wave, my joy was in documenting, creating an aesthetic uh, so there was this aesthetic feeling. I always wanted people to feel something when they landed on my grid, this, you know, all the things. And then in my stories, because I made millions on stories alone, there were, I found opportunities to document, model, share, talk about, teach all of those principles on those slides. And that was what kept me feeling really connected with my audience. Um, So here's, and I share all of this because it's not ever the platform. It's always about what our most aligned method of of expression is. So if you, you know, if you love, if you love podcasting, like having podcasts as your platform of influence is incredibly important. And if you wanted to be a YouTuber, you could be just as successful you know, it doesn't, there is no right or wrong. In fact, this is why Instagram doesn't work for everybody. And others have kept their business on Instagram still, despite the bubble popping. So I think that the question for anyone that's looking to 
jump into a quote unquote, a new way, because I still think you could be successful on Instagram anyway, if that's what's all exactly on Instagram. Like I, it's how I've grown to six figures. It's just, it's calling forth more. I would say, I would say platforms of influence is what I call them is having a place like a podcast or a YouTube channel or a blog or something where you can really like hub all of your knowledge and expertise in a way that builds authority over time. Um, and of course you can use social media platforms for that as well. But I think it's really about like, you know, cause social media is so powerful and that it takes these bite sized um, opportunities and every little bite is a doorway is a portal for more people to come. So if you are producing 10 pieces of content today, those are 10 different opportunities that then get to spiral out to the billions of people on the internet. So, you know, some of them won't hit, but others might go viral and every little bite is, um, a doorway to, to more followers and more aligned clients. So in order for that to be sustainable is can you find the media, the kind of medium that feels the most alive, the most exciting for you to create on? And it might be documenting. It might be video. It might be TikTok. It might be writing. It might be doing everything in a really private little Facebook group. It doesn't matter. There is no right or wrong, but it needs to feel like you are being fully expressed because even if it's just 30 people that are there, your goal is to be fully seen and felt. And that's what ends up converting to the sales and the clients and all the things. Beautiful, fully expressed, aligned, and in your leadership, mm-hmm. like fully authentically. Amazing. Um, would you be comfortable sharing about your experience in moving to Europe and what led to that? Oh my God, yes. Um, so I moved. I grew up in LA and I got married very young, and I moved to New York. And for ten years in New York or eight years rather, I fought tooth and nail to come back to LA. There was a, um, for me, it was always about coming back here. My family had moved back to Italy, but for me, it was about coming back here and keeping all personal family stuff aside. Once it all happened and I got here, I think the last three years here were an opportunity for me to pick up everything that I had left behind and to close up and to really find myself again. I think there was an element of me needing to find myself again, the version of me that a very young mother and newlywed had left behind. And there was this kind of completion that needed to happen. Um, in that time, in the three years that I've been here in, um, in uh, LA, I've made multiple millions of dollars and I have lived very comfortably and I, I feel like a pat on the back to, to be considered wealthy in Los Angeles is like next level achievement, you know? And I did it and I found zero, uh, drive. I, I stopped. I mean, it, you know, the thing is with me and you know, my relationship to money. So I, I, that kind of felt complete as well. Um, and not the making money part, but making it within this context, I think that's, that's the thing that felt really complete relationships wise, you know, friendships have been complicated. Dating has never really led anywhere. Anyway, long story short, I felt like I was like, my soul was just kind of dying here. And I think we have evidence of that when we will go and just like Netflix binge or choose to stay in instead of going out. Like that's our soul literally being like, you're bored, you're misaligned, you're stagnant, you know, all the things. And 
you know, I've been wanting, you know, I went on this incredible five week Euro trip and I'm Italian. I'm an immigrant. Italy is essentially home really for me. I went on this amazing trip last summer. I came back and I was like, I'm moving. I'm happening. Um, my friend at the time, you know, started to really make me feel like I'd be like abandoning her. And then I met a man and I fell in love. And so I was like, Oh, I'll just, you know, go another time. Then January came and I was really sad and I was ready to go. And then something else happened in February. And ultimately it's been here. And I've, for the entire year, I have been trying to make sense and trying to say, you know, um, are you running away? Like, what are you running away from? Like, what do you think Europe is going to solve? You know? And I, I had, I had to lead myself through that kind of shame spiral and I tried everything. I tried to get my health up and try all things. And it just got to a point that I was like, I am my best when I am living at the very edge of my life. And this is what I say to you all the time. I'm when I am alive, when I feel inspired, when I feel challenged and just, I, 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 I get to stand in front of beautiful, like architecture, meet strangers who dance in, on pavements at two o'clock in the morning. Like this is the artistry that makes me run home and say, I can't wait to write this post. I can't wait to record this podcast. I can't wait to add this to my keynote and my conference. Like I need the stories to tell. And I think what really happened is I got to a place that I was like, I've got no more stories to tell here. And I think in a beautiful, right, in a beautiful kind of, and not in a negative way, because it didn't have to be bad. It just got to be complete. And everything that happened this year in releasing friendships and any anchors and all the things and, you know, the decision made. And I mean, it's, it's, it's been a th- like a, a month in a month and I'm leaving this weekend. I sold everything in my house and now I'm, I'm leaving this weekend. And so it also shows the contrast of like what felt like stagnation for, you know, 10 months of the year. I was able to flip into action in one month and I gotten more, I've moved and had more momentum in one month than I had in, the, in 10 because I was so out of alignment in that time. So yeah, that's why I, hard pivoted into that question with like no explanation. I was like, let's talk about marketing channels. Tell me about your move to Europe. Mm-hmm. Because if you choose this path of being a soul-led leader, of being a um, coach, of being a guide, of being a mentor, of being any kind of creator, whether it's like you're a fucking artist or a writer or content creator, whatever, your aliveness is your most valuable asset. Mm-hmm. Your alignment is also your most valuable asset. Like truly it has like something that I say in the Heralchemy world is woman first, business second. You've got to take care of yourself. You've got to make sure that the woman is inspired and lit up and nourished and well rested and well fucked and like all of the things because that affects the business. And yeah. people go at it at this like ass backwards way of like, well, I got to work on my business and then I'll, I'll, I'll fix my life or yep. But this, this is, I mean, it's, I think it's a perfect example that my down spiral started at the peak of my revenue. So I was making, I could have easily kept going. And, but the thing is when we have a soul commitment to our work, like I could have easily kept going. Right. But in, but instead like soul commitment was like, no, you need to go out there and live. And it's like, 
I had all the financial evidence, but it's like, it wasn't inspiring. So I think there's something to, you know, the woman behind the business when it is soul aligned, when it is a soul calling, it's like, it's a responsibility to that aliveness. Sometimes despite, you know, financial success that you have right in front of you, there's like, there's, you've got to choose that. I had to choose to go on this path this year to kind of get me to this next iteration of my business. And I, I've, I haven't felt this much like vitality for my business and my creation in years that I do now because I'm back. Like the spark is back. Yeah. Yeah. You're back. It's choosing the woman regardless of how that might play out in the business. Cause at the end of the day, like the business is a soul contract. It's your soul's purpose. So of course it's going to work out and be more extraordinary than you could ever imagine. Um, but for your life to be more extraordinary than you could ever imagine, you've got to bring yourself back to life. Mm-hmm. You've got to follow the soul. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you have such a, such a brilliant, like strategic mind. And I think you have a very well formed masculine as well. Mm. Um it's really beautiful to watch actually because you 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 balance the masculine and the feminine really um amazingly which is so important but um you also balance mind and soul and you always choose soul at the end of the day every fucking time and i'm the same thank you for that reflection yep you're absolutely right i really fucking do choose soul because not choosing soul is death even at the expense of ten, of hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. Like I was willing to give that up. That's, that's actually really beautiful. Thank you for that reflection because I don't know that I've necessarily been conscious of that choice all the time. And I've had to suffer in the process because I didn't know, like there were so many nights that I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> like, you know, multiple six figure cash months. What am I doing this? Like, why am I doing this to myself? You know, and it's, you know, we get really good with that beating stick, but it's so true. I've, I've chosen it over and over and over again, and it will always be the thing I choose. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's why I resonate with you so, so deeply. Um, what is, what's your next growth edge? Well, I think right now I'm in it. Um, I think, (laughs) yeah, like not, I think, you know, not, I I sold everything I owned. So I released a lot of attachments to things. This was a big thing because I, you know, I loved my home so much. So there was a lot of, there's the part of like, okay, I'm not all this stuff anymore. I'm not bold self Kiara in LA with her Audi going, you know, on her convertible drives. There's like identity pieces that are being shed. I'm literally going to Europe with one suitcase. Um, I thought it was going to be two, but now it's only one. So it's literally a whole shedding. I'm also not sure necessarily where I'm going to land, whether I'm going to be landing in London, Paris, or Milan. Um, I'm going to go spend some time in each. So not knowing and giving myself the excitement and the thrill of just taking one step at a time and being led. You know, I have, you know, I joke about this, but I swear I'm putting this on recording so we can come back to it. I really feel like I packed this bag to go meet my next great love. 
I know you are. Yeah. yeah. And so there's this also this feeling of like, oh, I wonder who he'll be and where he'll be in, in the world. And that might play a role. So I think my growth edge right now is um, feeling alive and playing in the unknown in a way that I haven't in the last two years. Um, and letting that, yeah, and letting that continue because it already has. I mean, the like I said, the vitality in my business itself has already shifted so much in the last few weeks. But um, actually, from the fucking moment that I decided to leave, everything's like, okay, the universe was like, okay, everything's cleared. You're good. Um, but I'm excited to see how like this version of me, um, you know, creates in these new environments and meeting these new people and having these new experiences. And so that's really, that's my growth edge is play. Oh my God. Yeah. So much came through as you, as you were talking, I was just thinking like, you're so, um, because your superpower is like, like I'm a transformer, you're a fucking amplifier, like to the nth degree. Mm imagine like all of the wealth you know that you've been able to create in your business i just see you like i see you packing up this one suitcase and going to europe and finding this like perfect moment where you like meet this aligned person that's just been waiting for you and when i'm about like rich love like mm-hmm. wealth love, like just the richness and the depth that you will not just in like your relationship, but all your future relationship, but also just your life, like mm-hmm. in all areas, you know, not just, not just business, but like truly you're embarking on the journey of like soul wealth. Wasn't that like the name of your fucking retreat? Like I had a retreat. Yeah. And, and this was literally the post that I shared with you guys this morning. I was like modeling wealth in a different way not just financial wealth, but just the spaciousness and the freedom, like all these elements and comfort and safety and depth, like these are all elements of wealth because we could even look at, you know, at the very beginning when I wasn't wealthy, when I was still very broke, you know, and you know, I couldn't pay my $1,100 a month rent when I made my first $40,000 investment you know, everything was very surface level. Like I didn't get to go into the richness of the depth of my work back then necessarily, because I was trying to turn on the lights. I was trying to feed, you know, I was doing everything I could, you know, I was doing websites and graphic design and I was teaching myself things. I was doing random freaking odd jobs for people. Like I was, you know, Googling how to do things just so I could get, you know, it was like auditing. Oh my God. I did so many random things for like a couple hundred dollars here and there. Um, but wealth to me and modeling wealth is also the depth and richness of those relationships and giving yourself that spaciousness of, of connection because that connection inspires you so much. And I've been so blessed with such incredible relationships in my life thus far, whether they were romantic friendships, my team, my clients, like I, I'm, I feel like I've had a million love affairs, you know, and like, it's just feels like such a rich, there's a richness to it. And also this gets to be a new different flavor of it, you know, and that gets to be really fun. I'm so, so excited for you. It's insane. Um, and I feel like just so lucky to be in the inner circle and, and in the mastermind and the telegram. So I get to see how you bloom in this new environment. I yeah, the icky stickies in the in the in the transition and the like the expansion like and it's just like it's it's like watching my favorite movie of someone who I really fucking care about. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So my last question for you, love, is what is the next gift that soul wants to give to the world? And what is the next gift that soul wants to give to you? I think the next gift that soul wants, actually, they feel very connected and very related. And it is the gift of play and modeling a level of, um, I don't want to say lighthearted because I think there's an incredible depth to it. I don't want to diminish the depth of it, but there is a, a flirtatiousness with life that it's, that's the flavor of it. I think I'm flirting right now. I feel like I'm getting the gift of flirtation. I get to flirt with what could be, where will I go? Who will I meet? I'm flirting with all of the opportunities. And I think the gift to the world through me is me modeling that and showing what it looks like. And I know for a fact that especially at my level of success and revenue, I know this is going to be an inspiration for many who have similarly achieved financial success to a certain degree and then felt that kind of face first, you know, moment of like, okay, now what, what's next? And I think one of my greatest gifts and contributions, and maybe it does come because I'm destined to be courageous and bold and learn by trial and error and through fire, um, is the fact that I will go first. I will do the scary stuff like this and then show people what's on the other side of it. I think that's one of my gifts. So I think I'm excited for what this gets to look like for everybody. Yeah. 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 And just the new avenues of what success gets to look like Mm -hmm. in a free woman. Mm -hmm. I have so much love for you and um, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. And I know that this conversation will inspire all of the wild hearted rebels in in the her alchemy world and if you are a wild-hearted rebel you have to learn from a a fellow wild-hearted rebel you have to be mentored by one thank you and thank you for having me on here and um i'm celebrating and just so excited for what this space gets to be for you and your people and your wonderful wild-hearted women and i'm just like it's extraordinary to witness you and i feel like this is like like I get, I'm so excited for us to be like, do you remember when you were on my podcast? <laughs> like, yeah. It was like the very early stages. Alchemy <laughs> is, has grown so much and it's this beautiful six figure movement, but you guys were going bigger, yeah. even bigger, like way bigger. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. And that, my loves, brings this episode of the Her Alchemy podcast to a close. If you listened all the way to the end, I freaking love you. If you enjoyed and appreciated this podcast, please make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate it five stars. That would bring the biggest smile to my face. To find me on Instagram, go in the search bar and type in Her Alchemy and you will see my Instagram account, Megan Claire Hatfield. I cannot wait to connect with you also send me a dm if this episode impacted you in any way or take a screenshot of it and share it to your instagram stories and tag me and make sure to send this to anyone who needs to hear it i always want to spread the message of her alchemy and i always want to connect with my people all right babe bye